Welcome everyone to the James and the Agents show here on 12 Ounce Sports Zingo TV channel 761. I am James A. Paxson. That is James the Agent Nyland. We are happy to be on 12 Ounce Sports. Jared, we made it. It's time. We're here. How excited are you? Uh, I, I am very excited, JP, but you just called me James the Agent, so that, that kind of hurts. No, has, I said has Jared it, the Agent. You said James the Agent, sir. Has it has it really been that long that you can't remember my name, JP? I mean, I haven't seen you in a while. I mean, it's man, it's it's been a minute. That's for sure. I guess so. That that kind of that kind of hurts uh, hurts the soul a little bit, you know. I mean, if you want to start our show off with me saying I said your name wrong, that's I guess the way we'll do it. <laughs> All right, JP. What, what what do we got for what do we got for the people listening out there today? Well, we have our question segment, okay? And our question segment is the best segment around to go all around in sports with all different sports to be very well rounded. But before we go around sports, Jared, I'd like to give a couple thank yous if it's okay with you. Sounds good. Okay. Um. So I recently found out about 12 Ounce Sports by recently, I mean about six months to a year ago, when a very nice man who I respect a lot named Lou Gamlin invited me on his show to be an MLB insider. And I've been on his show to talk NHL, to talk MLB. When there was an MLB preview, he was the one to say, come on the show. We want you on the show. And he's been such... A great guy to me. He's helped me with the 12-ounce family, and he's helped me with getting in on 12-ounce sports. So, Lou Gamlin, I have to give you a really big thank you um, for that. Uh, another person is Cody Jansen. Um, it's amazing how, Jared, I never really liked social media when I first started, and now I'm beginning to have friends through social media who I've never met, and Cody Jansen's one of those people. He is, of course, the host of World Hockey Report. He is someone who is very successful at what he does and one of the best people to cover hockey. And uh, he was the one who said, you know, you got to get a show on 12 Ounce. And I'm like, yeah, I like writing for you guys, but I don't know about doing a show. And he's like, no, you have to do a show. You would be really, really good at this. And I'm like, I mean, you know what? Maybe. I don't know. And I was still unsure about it. And then eventually Cody gave me the confidence to start this show. So we're here. We have our show. Is there uh, anyone you want to thank or anything you want to say before we get started, Jared? Uh, honestly, just, just happy to be here. Happy to be back on a, on a microphone again. Like I said, it's, it's been since March for me. So it's, so it's quite a bit of, quite a bit of fun to be back and be on the microphone talking to you. You know, we started working together a little while back at uh, Central Michigan, so it's good to be back together on on, uh, on the radio with you. Uh, I am thankful for Twelve Ounce, you know, to give us this opportunity. I know you've been in contact with them a lot more than I have. Uh, I've done a couple of broadcasts through hockey, and I've also been on Lou Gamlin's show before. So I've made a couple appearances here on Twelve Ounce before, but it's it's good to be back. It's good to kind of have our own show together. And Wednesday nights are going to become. Uh, a lot more fun uh, in my life, and I hope it is for you as well, JP. Oh, absolutely. You know, we've been working together now going on over two years. It's funny, you know, I met you in a uh, in an audio production class at Central Michigan University, and I was like, who's this annoying kid who just kept giving me terrible football takes and terrible, you know, you know, 
um, oh my god, this team's overrated. This guy's terrible. And and I just wanted him to leave me alone. And I was just so shocked that, you know, he ended up being one of my best friends ever. And he's been one of my favorite broadcasting partners. And, you know, we're here. So I love you, buddy. I'm glad we're here. And thank you, 12 Ounce Sports. And, you know, hopefully we aren't too much of an embarrassment to them. I mean, are we <laughs> embarrassing? Uh, I hope not. Let, let's uh, let's bring some. Uh, let's just hope they're happy with the show. Let's put it that way. Absolutely. And you had a uh, earlier today. You had a broadcaster. You said didn't do a good job on a very big uh, role. Who was that today? Was oh. that Tampa's broadcaster? You know, I I wasn't able to find out if it was like a national broadcast or if it. Well, it definitely wasn't. The, it couldn't have been the Tampa Bay broadcaster. There's no way they tied the game up that late, and he's just monotone. JP. Um, even, you know, even if you're the Columbus Blue Jacket announcer, how, how are you that monotone? At least show me some sadness in your voice, I guess. You know, if you're, if you're with the Blue Jackets organization, I mean, the, the scary thing is if that was a national broadcast, I, I don't see how he does the next game. Like, there's just no way. Oh, come J- on. He wasn't that bad. JB, the situation. they, they scored. So it's four to, I believe it was four to three. Uh, you know, Columbus is leading the game about a minute and a half left. Tampa ties the game and, and the broadcaster just, Oh, and it's in the back of the net and just kind of paused. Like I, I was like, I was just, I, I was watching to see the highlight. Like it just, I wanted to see the goal. It barely trickled in. It was, you know, a great moment. And the broadcaster, man, he just, he just kind of threw me off. He kind of just ruined the whole video for me. It was, it was just one of those things like, and you know, I, I've done play-by-play for hockey before. I'm I'm someone who gets really into the game. I'm very excited both ways. There's there's emotion shown, and then for him to just have nothing, it just it just caught me really off guard. Well, I've had this conversation with a couple people already. Where when you're broadcasting at home, sometimes the camera people are really not your friend. And you know, maybe it was one of those. He's at home. He's broadcasting, and it's a delay. You know, it could be a two-second delay. You know, how excited are you going to be if the goal happens and you're waiting for it to happen and then two seconds later the goal happens? Like, you're not going to do that the way it should be, as I'll say. And so that could be it. Or it could be this. Maybe he's just tired. He's had to do a lot of hockey games lately, regardless of who it is. And now he gets a break for the rest of summer. Or if he's the Tampa broadcaster, we'll have to find out who it is. He's done for a couple days. You know, maybe he just needed a break like these hockey games have been going quick so yeah i, I mean if, if he's a tampa guy though he's got a lot of prep to do for the next team so i don't know how much time he'd be getting off at that point i just it was just one of those videos where like you're going into the video expecting something like really cool game tying goal minute and a half left and then you leave that video you leave that watching experience and you go what what was that? Like, why, why did it go that way? Like you just, you just don't expect it to be like that whatsoever. It just was very unexpected. Yes, absolutely. And I mean, you know, that's part of what we're going to try to do on this show is we bring up, you know, funny broadcasters because as people who do play by play, there's some funny times where you're doing your show and you're doing the broadcast and you don't exactly know what happens. For example, Jared, it's funny. You know, you're one of my best friends in life, but I don't think you know this story. Where at Schoolcraft College, where I went to community college before I went to Central, I was the play-by-play for women's and men's basketball. And they didn't have, like, any bench or any, like, press box. It's community college. We were on the bleachers. 
and someone deflected a ball and it hit me in the head during a broadcast where it literally bounced off my head during the broadcast. I know you have at least a couple funny play-by-play stories for me where can't you remember either broadcasting at CMU or broadcasting at Nationals a hilarious, funny broadcasting story during your play-by-play time? Well, yeah. I mean, the one that I that jumps right at me right away is uh, it was earlier this year. Uh, it I was, you know, it wasn't myself that was hit with the hockey puck, but my laptop uh, took the worst of it. Uh, puck kind of came flying out of play around the glass and just smashed the top of the keyboard. I mean, my Touch ID bar on my Mac still is just completely shattered. Haven't gotten around to fixing that yet. Um, but yeah, that was a, that was a moment where if you go back and listen to the broadcast, you just hear a, and I just go dead silent for a good amount of time. Cause I'm just thinking, Oh my Lord, is it broken? Is it going to work? Can I continue the broadcast? Like a lot of things running through my head. I had, I had, uh, some guys tell me after the game, including one of the assistant coaches, he's like, yeah, we saw that happen. And we were just like, Oh, what, what? what is that, what is that going to do to him? Like what, how is this going to, how is this going to affect things? Like they just said the computer screen just went complete black and for like a couple of seconds. And I, I don't know. I still, like I said, I still got to get it fixed. It runs pretty well for being hit with a hockey puck, but Hey, so we're still going strong, but yeah, that was a, that's one we can laugh back at now, but in the moment, um, yeah, I was not too happy with that one. (laughs) Matt Shepard for the uh, Detroit Tigers has not been able to do great at that, regardless if he's at the stadium or not. And us being Tigers fans, us being Detroit sports fans, I'm curious if you've known that, that every time there's a ball hit anywhere hard, Shepard thinks it's gone and it's not gone. Yeah, I, I've noticed it a couple of times. And the weird thing, too, was I think it was when they were playing um, – I forget the terminology they were using it, but when they were playing um, – Inner squad games, that's what it was. When they were playing air squad games, he was really struggling figuring out the timing of uh, when he was broadcasting from home and things. I don't know if you noticed it, but it was something that I, I feel like a lot of broadcasters had to adjust to and have had to adjust to. It's been just been one of those strange, strange times and just it's, it's been a weird world, you know. And while we talk about that weird world, Mr. Jared, the agent Nyland. I got to ask you a couple questions and it's time to start our segment. I got a question for you. I hope you're prepared for my questions. I will be prepared for your questions. How this works, ladies and gentlemen, is Jared and I have each prepared a list of questions about the biggest storylines in sports in the past week or a couple weeks or whatever we want the other person's opinion on. 
and simply it's called I Got a Question for You. I will start, and then Jared will go to his question, and we'll go back and forth for our five, six questions. Jared, very simple. Who is a team or player not getting enough credit this past week in the sports world? Who is someone who, if you're watching ESPN, Fox Sports 1, Barstool Sports, listening to the radio, looking at the newspaper, talking to your friends, you're going, give him some love. Give her some love. Why aren't you guys giving that person some love? Who's someone not getting the credit they deserve this week, Jared? Um, so it's a team slash a player for me. And actually, we had kind of mentioned him a little bit earlier. Uh, for me, it's the Tampa Bay Lightning with uh, Braden Point. You know, it's a series they came into against Columbus where a lot of things could have gone wrong. After what happened last year to Tampa Bay being swept out of the first round after having an amazing regular season. I mean, the expecta- expectations going into this first round was, well, they might lose and just get out again. It's what the normal thing that they do is. But no, they came out with some some serious energy. Uh, they were just ready to go this time around. And going back to, you know, I said the player too, Braden Point, I mean, he, he's a guy I really, I haven't seen him on trending on Twitter. I haven't seen him on SportsCenter or anything like that. He had both overtime winners, including the one today and the one that he scored in the fifth overtime of game one. I mean, without Braden Point scoring those two games, we could have a different, a completely different series for Tampa Bay and Columbus. We could talk about Columbus maybe advancing in this one without Braden Point. And not to say he doesn't only have the two overtime winners, he has two other goals in the series, three assists as well. Tampa Bay has scored, they scored 14 goals in the series, seven of them from Braden Point with an assist or a goal by himself. So really, I mean, Braden Point being there half of the goals of the series, I mean, he's just not being talked about enough. I mean, he just was fantastic that entire series. Oh, and he's clearly their best offensive playmaker right now. Braden Point is at the point where, funny, haha, Braden Point is at the point. Anyway, he gets past the blue line. And you start getting worried about what he can do. He is so shifty. He is such a great puck handler. He knows how to handle the stick with ease to where he's either going to find someone open or he's going to be open. Scoring half the team's goals is an unbelievable stat there. Green Point, of course, deserves as much love, if not more, than you think, for sure. All right, JP. So the first one I got for you, um, a, a little bit of the opposite of what you kind of asked me here, but... Whose play do you think was the most overrated in the first part of that NBA bubble? Well, I'm going to include some of the playoff games that's happened, if that's okay with you. That's fine. Um, I think there's a team that is experiencing injuries, and if they had one of these players, including the player I'm going to mention, step up, then I don't think they'd be as big of trouble as they're in right now. Um The Sixers aren't completely out of the series, regardless if they lose the game tonight. They are currently losing to the Celtics. But what happened to your man Al Horford, Jared the Asian? Al Horford right now, after 14 minutes in this current game where the Celtics are leading 81-63, to has scored. You want to take a guess? Uh, Four points. Two points, okay. Oh, I almost said two. Against the Celtics, okay, in the first game a couple days ago, 31 minutes. He had six points. He went three for seven on the field goal, seven rebounds, six assists, one block. He had six points. They don't have Ben Simmons. They have a chance to not lose this series. I don't think they're completely out of it. 
Do I think the Celtics will win? Yes. Do I think the Celtics are favored? Yes. But Jared, you can't tell me that the Sixers are completely out of it. They need Al Horford. One of the best advantages Philadelphia has against Boston right now is use the big man advantage. Boston is so great, but Al Horford and Joel Embiid, they're bigger than Jason Tatum. They're bigger than Marcus Smart. They were bigger than Gordon Hayward. Gordon Hayward got hurt. You don't have to worry about him anymore. Guys, they are so much of an advantage if they use their big men and get in there. If Al Horford doesn't get this up at all, I don't even know if the Sixers can win a game, Jared. I mean, honestly, JP, here's the thing. If they lose this one, uh, and if they're down 2-0 in the series, I I am going to call that one basically a wrap. I mean... The Sixers, I think, need to come out and look like the better team in the first two games, and they just haven't done that from what I've seen so far. Um, and obviously no Ben Simmons right now, and with Al Horford struggling, you, you can only ask Joel Embiid to do so much, in my opinion, and I think that that's quickly fading, and I think that team is quickly fading as well. We'll see how long they end up staying together as a core group of guys. You know, it's funny. It, that looked like the team that was going to make things work. But now, after tanking for so long and getting the players they needed, where is your thought at right now with the Sixers going forward? Like, let's say they lose this series in the first round. Where all do you think they can go? Do you think they're going to have to start losing pieces? I, I don't see Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons in the future together with them. I just don't see how it's going to work out. Um, I think if we would have seen something, we would have already seen it from those two together. Um, so I think it's time for Philly to make a decision. Uh, the first decision can just be de- deciding between which player to move forward with and who to bring in to help that player out. And option B is you ship them all out of town and you restart this thing. Now, you know, it, you can go back to the to the tanking and everything like that, if, if that's what they want to do. But I think that's really the two options. You either get rid of one of the guys and bring in some other players around the one you keep, or you get rid of them all and you start everything over. If you had to pick, do you pick keep Simmons, get rid of Embiid, keep Embiid, get rid of Simmons, or ship them all? Um, I, I personally, and I think this might be... Um, the unpopular pick, I would keep Ben Simmons because I think you can put guys around Ben Simmons and he's going to make them better. Like if you put, you know, really good shooting guys around him, I think that team could really gel with how Ben Simmons can see the court and his passing abilities. Whereas Joel Embiid's just going to be the center and you have to put quite a few more pieces around him and he's not exactly going to make anyone better on that team. I mean, I have no problem with what you said, but I think I think it's done, man. I don't I don't see the Sixers. I mean, it it, it didn't work, Jared. I think. Oh, I agree with that. No, I I completely agree. Like, if you gave me the one option to which one would I rather keep, I think they could go the route of trading everyone, getting picks, getting some young pieces, and going that route, and they might have better success. It just that's a tough situation. Like, if you're the front office of Philadelphia, because. You finally got to a point where you got some really good players, and now you're still really doing nothing with them. I mean, why did you tank for eight years to get bounced in the first round of the playoffs? That obviously was not the plan. To continue with our NBA talk here, Jared, question number two of, I got a question for you, Mr. Agent here, Jared the Agent Nyland, and James Apex, and on 12-Ounce Sports, 
Zingo TV 761. Glad to be with you guys here on Wednesday night. Jared, who were you more impressed with in the NBA bubble, Damian Lillard or TJ Warren? Now, this is stats in the first eight games, no playoff games here for both guys. Damian Lillard averaged 37.3 points, 9.6 assists, 4.3 rebounds, and shot 49.7%. Lillard and Warren were both added to the first team. Other players on that first team was Devin Booker, Luka Doncic, and James Harden. TJ Warren, before the pandemic, 18.7 points per game. After the pandemic, in the bubble, 37, 31, excuse me, 31 points per game. Before the pandemic, four rebounds. After the pandemic, 6.3 rebounds. Before the pandemic, he was not the best shooter. After the pandemic, the dude found out how to shoot. It's amazing <laughs> what happened to TJ Warren. Jared, who are you more impressed with? Um, I, I still got to go with Damian Lillard. Um, he he was on it, you know. He's at the point in his career where he's already viewed as a superstar, I think, in the NBA. And then to go out and make people like think he's even better is is pretty impressive. I mean, his fourth quarters were just incredible. I mean, it just... I mean, with without him, I don't know if the Blazers get into the playoffs. Like, without him being just absolutely amazing in that stretch. Whereas the Pacers were already locked in. TJ Warren, he was good, but I mean, other than the points, you know, rebounding numbers were okay, assists, not very good. I mean, Damian, not only at 37.3 points, 9.6 assists, JP, and four rebounds for him. Four rebounds is pretty good for Damian Lillard a game, but like you're three points shy of 40 and you still almost get to 10 assists a game. Like, how do you not pick that as the just being more impressed with especially like i said a player of his talent you're already expecting him to do something good but then he just doubles down and impresses you even more so i definitely have to go with damian lillard on that one i mean for, i i don't know if i can't remember if you said it but 43.6 percent from three-point range like that's just great numbers right there and overall i mean he's just he's the heart and soul of that team and without him they don't they don't make it to the eight seed and then end up, you know, winning the play in game. Um, so definitely got to go with Dame Lillard on this one. They both were fantastic. I couldn't decide, which is why I decided to ask you because Warren was so great and he brings in another start for the Indiana Pacers where if they can have, you know, Zabonis, Oladipo, Warren, all healthy, all playing at their best, God, I want to see it. But Unfortunately, the Indiana Pacers are bit with the injury bug every single chance that injury bug gets them. It's a shame. The Pacers could go so well. We'll talk later about this, but I think with Damian Lillard's play, the Blazers are able to maybe beat the Lakers. We'll talk later about that. Jared, your second question. All right. I'm intrigued to see uh, where you go with this one, JP. So in the NBA, what two teams have you been least impressed with so far? Least impressed with? Okay, so... For starters, I don't know what the Milwaukee Bucks are doing. I understand they didn't need to play a lot of important games, and I didn't think, you know, they they, did, they weren't trying their hardest, clearly. And then the playoffs started, and they got beat by the Orlando Magic. And the Milwaukee Bucks were the best defensive team in the regular season pre-pandemic. Jared, Orlando manhandled them. They were so bad. How bad did you think the Bucks were against the Magic? Because, frankly, I don't think that the Magic are going to win this series, but I'm more worried, too, in case the Bucks play the Heat 
maybe the Heat could beat the Bucks now if they can't find a way to shoot. Like, they're, they're not the best shooting team in the first place. Then they're going to try to shoot threes when they're not. Guys, if you shoot three threes in a row and it doesn't hit, don't shoot a fourth one. Give it to Giannis. Give it to Lopez. Go in the paint and drive into it. Jared, I was going crazy watching that game. Yeah, I, I I unfortunately didn't get to watch it, but from just following it, it never seemed like Milwaukee could hit a shot to get themselves back into the game. Or on the flip side, they couldn't get a stop that led to a to a score to get them back in the game. They just they trailed early and they could just never recover from what from what I've seen and kind of noticed as I kind of followed the game. But it just seemed like they couldn't make the big play at the right time. They were, they were bad, and more importantly, I thought that I, I lost confidence in them to keep going and winning in rounds past the Magic. So they're going to beat the Magic, but now instead of being worried about the Raptors, I'm more worried about the Heat in the second round. Or the Pacers, since the Pacers beat the Heat. I'm more worried about the Bucks losing in the second round than the first, because that's how bad they look. You asked for two. Um, I don't necessarily think that the Houston Rockets – we're going to destroy the Oklahoma City Thunder. And they didn't have Russell Westbrook. So you thought, well, could work. They were not good yesterday. And they clearly have so much lacking in their defense. Jared, do the Thunder have a chance? Uh, you know what? If we would have done this show before the game that they played last night, I would have told you actually yes. I, I kind of like them coming in and just I- – I felt like the Rockets could have could have folded and just, you know – Kind of, kind of laid there basically, and and taking it from from the Thunder, just because you know without Russell Westbrook, they've been there so many times and still haven't achieved their goal. I, I thought they could have just kind of folded their cards, and the Thunder could have maybe won that series in seven. However, after last night, man, that was that was that was shocking to be honest. When I saw that score at the end of the game, I was shocked. Um, and honestly, I, I I don't think they stand a chance. I think they'll I think they'll steal one game. Um, I, I think Houston wins that series like 4-1. Um, although, you know, I, I think what the Thunder have to look at, like they did not expect to be in this position, JP, at all going into the season. I think you got to look at it as really good, as a really good learning experience for the young guys. Um, you got Shy on the team. I mean, already getting some playoff experience. I think that's really good for his young career. And just the next time, and maybe the first time you think they're ready to compete, they're going to already have that little bit of a playoff experience, and they might get you know around further because of it, or might take a game to seven instead of a series to seven instead of five or six. So I think no matter what, I don't think they stand a chance anymore in that series. But I do really like that they're getting some playoff experience. Leads me to my third question of I got a question for you on James and the agent here on Twelve Ounce Sports and Zango TV. Channel 761, how good are the Oklahoma City Thunder long-term? Do you think they can make a couple good pieces in oh. the future and get close there, or do you think this is their ceiling? Uh, no, I think they're just going to keep getting better and better. They still, I think, I, 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 from what I know, they still have three picks coming in from the Clippers in the first round. Um, I mean, they're going to be later picks, but that's still three first-round picks you get one good starter out of that and maybe two role players or a star player and two, you know, fill-in players, I think you're looking good. I think Shy is going to be really good in this league for for the Thunder, and 
of course, the Pistons. Uh, he was taken with the Detroit Pistons pick, but uh, that was traded for Blake Griffin. So I don't really want to talk about that too much, but figured I would just kind of slide that one in there. Um, but I think he's going to be a really good player, and I think the Thunder are going to be a force here in about probably, I, I give them three, four years when they get some more young pieces and then can add a free agent or two. I think you're going to see them competing once again in that Western Conference. Uh, Jared, the agent Nyland, your third question. All right, JP. So switching, uh, switching to a little bit of hockey here, what team do you think has played the best so far in the NHL? You know, before uh, the playoffs started, I thought the team to beat was going to be the Philadelphia Flyers. I think Carter Hart has done amazing. I think Claude Giroux is a great piece. I think the Flyers are definitely going to be the team, and I thought the East was the stronger conference. But then another team who I thought was good now clearly is unbelievable. Right now the Stanley Cup favorite and the team playing the best right now is the Colorado Avalanche. Jared, this team is insane. They have to soon give the credit to Nathan McKinnon that he deserves. Nathan McKinnon is a top-five hockey player in this league. Look it, I said it, I don't care if you agree or not. Nathan McKinnon is one of the best people at creating offense for his teams. The passes he's made in this is unbelievable. He is so great. And then you have Nazem Kadri, who has done so well. And he had four goals in this series. And he's one of the best put-together players with Nathan McKinnon. I think Colorado is the Stanley Cup champion right now, Jake. Wow, Stanley Cup champion, really? Oh, yes, Stanley Cup champion. Okay. Without a doubt, Cup my, my My only concern is I think they are beating up on a team right now that is way out of place. I mean, it kind of looks like the Coyotes don't deserve to be there right now, if you ask me. Um, and, I mean, obviously, credit to Colorado for that, but they just they don't look like a playoff team whatsoever right now. Um, so I'm interested to see how Colorado adjusts to a better team in the next round because I think they might kind of get um, you know outskated, hit a little bit harder at the beginning than what they're expecting after playing the Coyotes, and I think that could catch them off guard. Right now, if you had to pick Colorado Avalanche, Vegas, Golden Knights, who's one in the seven-game series? Yes. Uh, I'm going to take the Golden Knights still. Man, I got Colorado, man. I love this team. I think this is the Stanley Cup team. I think it's going to be Philly and Colorado in the Canadian bubble, the Cubble, at first <laughs> And, you know, I, that's what I'm thinking. And I don't know, man. I, I think... I think it's very much going to be no chance for an upset or even a higher team. It's either going to be Philly, Vegas, Colorado. That's it. That Those are the only teams I think have a chance to win the Stanley Cup this year. Do you have another one you want to throw in there? Not the Lightning? It's tough. I think the Lightning could, but I don't think they're – I think they'd be the worst of those four teams. All right, well, I I know we were planning on talking a little bit later on the NHL uh, teams that we think to win a cup, and obviously I I have quite a bit. I think I have a couple other teams in there mixed in there as well that we'll talk about, but that's interesting that you think it's down to about three teams right now. I think it's Colorado, Vegas, or Philly. That's it. Okay. We'll get your teams later. As I give you to my fourth question, I got a question for you. What was your opinion when Tuchel Rask opted out? This past week, I have the quote from Tuchel Rask. This is from Emily Kaplan, ESPN, the article I'm reading from. I want to be with my teammates competing, but at this moment, there are more things 
there are things more important than hockey in my life, and that's being with my family. I want to thank the Bruins and my teammates for their support and wish them success. And the Bruins went on to be okay with his decision. What was your thought when Tukarest decided to opt out? Who was, even though statistics really don't matter in a time like this, he was the second best in save percentage in the regular season in the National Hockey League. Now Tukarest is out, but Boston moving on. They beat Carolina today. Yeah, you know, I it's definitely an interesting situation, um, and and I can't I can't get on here and, and dog a guy for thinking you know if he needs to be with his family right now, then that's if that's what he thinks and that's what he needs to go do um, is be with his family. But I mean, it just it, it felt really weird because um, if it's if it's something about safety. You're definitely going into a more dangerous situation when you leave the NHL bubble. They haven't had a positive test in multiple weeks, so you're leaving a very unsafe area, in all honesty. And then also, the thing is, how does this happen two games into the actual playoffs? If you felt unsafe or like you really needed to be with your family, why are you not making that decision beforehand you know that that's my question i i don't get why that's something not decided now maybe he got there and being away from his family was just too much for him i don't know but i just i would have felt a lot better about his decision if he made it pre-bubble but why get two games into the playoffs and then make that decision well, I give him more credit where if he was unsure about it, he decided to give it a try. And he decided to, you know, realize it wasn't working for him, and he decided to go home. I don't – I'm not upset with this decision at all, and I actually – I want players and coaches who are going to be unhappy away from their families to do this. And I am figured that this isn't going to be um, not, the not normal, Jared. I think this is going to be normal when it comes to the NFL – to the NHL, to the NBA, especially, you know, we don't know what next year has for us, Jared. I definitely think there could be, you know, maybe a bubble situation next year. And I think these guys, if they want to go home, go home. They don't deserve any sort of, they shouldn't have went home. Or why did he make that decision? It's your choice. It's your family. It's what you have to do. My question for you is, for the follow-up, how common do you think this is going to be? How many people do you think are going to opt out percentage-wise, or do you think it's going to be less common than you I think? Um, I think it's going to be less common than you think because, um, I mean, from what I know, he's the first really, I mean, NHL guy to get there and then leave. You know what I mean? Um, so I don't think you're going to see many guys opting out once you get into the season, and it's going to go to whether or not guys opt out before the season. Um and I still don't think that percentage is going to be very high. I mean, in some sports it might be, but end of the day, you know, I think I think the money talks to a lot of these guys, you know, and a lot of them are going to, you know, put the money ahead of, you know, just staying home and not risking anything. Because uh, in a sports career, as you know, y- you never know what's going to happen. It could, you know, a lot of the careers could end tomorrow possibly. You just never know. Um, so you got to make that money when you can, in my opinion. So I think the percentage is going to be quite a bit lower. And, and, and all honesty, too, going real quick back to the Tuka Rask thing, I respect the decision 
I respect it 100%, 1,000%. I just found it strange two games into the bubble or into the playoffs. I think it's strange more often than not that he didn't decide beforehand, but at the same time, I applaud his decision for trying if that's not what he wanted to do. And I think this is going to become more common than you think for guys who already have their money or don't want to risk this or can't. You know, in the NFL, you know, I think it, a lot of these guys who did it, you know, they don't necessarily need the money. And it's time to think about other stuff. And I, I applaud his decision. I think it was the right thing to do if that's the way he wanted to do it. Um, I don't know if it's going to be as huge of a loss to Boston as it looked at first. It's looked like, you know, they've had a pretty good fill-in and they didn't need to grasp. Yeah, I agree. I mean, Halleck's a hell of a goalie, so. Yeah, I don't think uh, it's going to affect the team uh, as in hockey play as much as it looked. Jared, your question four. All right, JP, what was your first reaction when the Big Ten, us here in Michigan, canceled the fall season? The Big Ten involving Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, and, okay, I think it's the correct decision because I don't think playing college football this year in the fall with the coronavirus is the right thing to sue. That said, the execution was awful. Apparently, they talked to some doctors. It wasn't ever released any of the doctor information. There's been reports that there was a vote, and then there's been reports that there wasn't a vote. So Kevin Warren, the commissioner of the Big Ten, is saying we voted it was 12-2. Then I heard it was a vote that it was 8-6. Now I'm hearing there wasn't a vote. Jared, this looks terrible for him. And unfortunately, here's what's going to happen. He's going to look like the biggest clown in the room if other teams play. But if other conferences decide they're not going to play, it's not the right year for football, he's going to look so smart. But it's time. Time is not on his side. The time is going to keep ticking, and he's not going to be able to look great until other conferences decide they're not playing. My first reaction, I'm all for it. I don't think college football should be played with the coronavirus this fall. But my first thought also was, you've got to execute this better. Like You have a lot of people unhappy with your decisions. Yeah, I, I agree with you there, too. And the weird thing with Kevin Warren his son plays for, I think it's it's Arkansas, I believe. Uh, his son Mississippi State. Pl- Mississippi State, okay, thank you. Uh, his son plays in the SEC, and his son's probably going to play a football season. So how are you as the Big Ten guy saying, no, football's not safe, but then on the other end you're going to let your son play college football down in the SEC? That That's something that I find very interesting because it's like, okay, if you let him play, wouldn't you let your conference play? Especially since he's your son. If you're concerned about it, you think you would talk to him about not playing immediately. That's your bigger concern. He's your son. But to say the Big Ten's not going to play, but then you're going to have your son play in the SEC, I think that's interesting. <laughs> An interesting situation for Kevin Warren. And like you said, I think it's the communication with the higher-ups in these leagues that are killing me, man. It's awful. Nobody... Nobody has the same answers. Nobody has the same statistics. It's it's all on an individual basis, and it's and it's hurting these leagues. And then on the other side of things, you have college basketball. I've, obviously, they have a lot more time to learn about everything, but they're soaking in all the information, and they're actually communicating. The top coaches in the country are getting together trying to figure out a plan of how to play. 
Um, and I think that is something college football was missing. There's just no communication. Question five for you, and my final question, and I got a question for you on James and the agent here, 12 Ounce Sports, Zingo TV, 761. Jared, how ridiculous is it to think the Lakers could lose two or more games in the first round of the playoffs to the Portland Trailblazers to you? Uh, JP, that is, uh, that's a very crazy take, in my opinion. I, I think the Lakers win in five. I think it's as simple as that. Uh, they only lost by seven last night, and honestly, I don't know if they could have played worse. Straight up, I do not know if they could have played worse. They shot horrible. I 15% from three-point. 15%, JP. It was terrible. They're not going to shoot as bad at any point in the series as they did last night. There's just, I don't believe that'll happen. Now, LeBron, he was unreal last night. He just needs the guys around him to step up. I mean, LeBron had 23 points, 17 rebounds, 16 assists. What 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 more can you ask for from LeBron James at that point? No, you got to go to talk, you got to go talk to Anthony Davis. You got to shake him and go, "You had 28 points on 24 shots and you only took 3 shots in the fourth quarter. What are you doing? Step up. Show show that you're one of the best players in the league's cuz come playoff time, he hasn't done it in his career. Although no, with and- that's that's where the lacking of his teammate of Anthony Davis is coming from. Anthony Davis is an amazing player. Dare I say top five player in the NBA, Jared. But his fourth quarter presence in playoffs have been absolutely invisible most times. So he, Anthony Davis has stepped up in the fourth quarter. More importantly, you see now what Avery Bradley opting out does to the Lakers. They don't have a great perimeter defender now that Avery Bradley is gone. Caruso cannot defend Damian Lillard. Danny Green cannot defend Damian Lillard. And Dame, for the rest of the series, win or lose, he's going to score 30 points every single game because nobody can defend him. Yeah, if, if you're the Lakers, you got to let him score 30 and be happy with it and control everyone else. And here's the thing. I mean, Portland scored 100 points. It's not like they had a great game themselves, you know, offensively or anything like that. They have the capability of scoring a lot more than that. I just, and all I said with the Lakers, guys having to step up, AD not playing well, I, I still just, I think overall they're going to bounce back. LeBron can, I think, carry the team past Portland need be. Um, I just, I mean, overall too, just a bad draw for the Lakers to get Portland in the first round as the one seed. But I just I, I don't see the Lakers dropping another game. I think it would take another really, really bad game from Anthony Davis, as well as LeBron. I mean, LeBron might not put up those numbers again this series, but as long as other guys step up, they're going to be fine. Your last question, I got a question for you. All right. So, uh, you know, well, Lakers talk is the one seed in the West. Let's talk about the one seed in the East. We Touched on it earlier. Are you at all worried about the Bucks in this series against the Magic after losing Game One, JP? I have a mixed answer. That sounds really bad. No, unless no, I'm not worried about the Bucks in the first round of the playoffs when it involves the Orlando Magic, unless they don't defend better because they let the Magic score a lot of points. They let the Magic have a lot of open shots. Watching that game yesterday, I was shocked that. This was the best defensive team in the NBA, and there were so many people open. And it was just – it wasn't a good look, and they 
you know who's going to be a problem in that series is Augustine. Because he was just controlling the whole game, being one of the best point guards that Milwaukee has faced in a while. Am I worried? No. What do I think will happen? I think the Bucks will win in six games. Not five, not seven, six. But if they don't defend better and they keep giving up these offensive numbers, I don't know anything could happen, Jared. That was I Got a Question for You. We go into the NBA playoffs in a quick second. But before Jared talks to you about Bet My Bookie, I have to preview one of the great 12-ounce sports here that is going on. On 12-ounce sports and Zingo TV channel 761, you can check out the Vegas Squares podcast. This week, Vegas Squares previews the Northern Trust Open, and the replay of this airs later tonight at 11 p.m. They are some of the great guys. I had the pleasure of being on their show. Uh, Aaron doesn't like that I talk uh, too much about how much I don't like the Lightning, but I'm going to continue doing it because I know it bothers him. Um, it replays every hour tonight, all night, to Dangle TV Channel 761 until the start of the first round tomorrow morning. If you like your golf, if you like your just betting odds, they do all different types of sports, and they're looking for the best odds, the best over-unders, who you're taking in a series, who you're not. That's Vegas Squares podcast. Tonight, the Northern Trust Open replay. It starts at 11 p.m. And the show is live Wednesdays, 4 p.m. with Aaron, Token, and Spike. Now, after you listen to that podcast, Jared, where do you go to place your bets? All right, JP. My bookie sports are in full swing, and I want to help you take advantage of those sports investments when getting in on the action. 12-Ounce Sports has officially partnered with MyBookie.ag to get you the best deal possible. When you sign up on MyBookie.ag, they'll match your first deposit up to $1,000 when you punch in the promo code 12OUNCESPORTS. That's 12OUNCESPORTS when signing up on MyBookie.ag to get your deposit matched up to $1,000. Now, Jared, before we get into the NBA and NHL playoffs where we decide what teams have best chance to win the championship do you have a bet this week we'll have to add this on to next show and previous shows jared the agent is bet of the week do you have a bet that you like for tonight or bet that you like for a series or you know is there a bet that you've been thinking about that you're like you gotta take it that you're gonna take the bet my bookie either right now later tonight or tomorrow oh man you kind of threw me off um let's see here just quickly looking you know what? Actually, I, I really like this one. I think they barely st- starved off um, elimination last night. Uh, give me the Islanders to beat the Capitals tomorrow. I, I think the Capitals are just... I think they're done. They made sure they didn't get swept. Um, that's one I really like. JP, let me give you one future bet, too, because it's on my mind. I think you got to bet the Kansas City Chiefs to win the Super Bowl this year. Wow, that's like not shocking at all. Well, I'm just saying, I a lot of team, a lot of people don't bet the favorites in the future because the odds aren't great. I just, you can't explain, you can't give me any reason why they're not going to win other than Patrick Mahomes getting hurt. But even then, they still have a lot of talent and could make a run. I don't see any other team that I love as much as the Chiefs. I understand that seems silly. I could give you a couple teams where it's like, hey, Jared, I like them. But, you know, I think the Chiefs clearly look like they can bounce back, and it's clearly Patrick Mahomes. He's the best quarterback in the league. He's not very old one bit, and I think by signing that deal, as ridiculous as it looks, he wants to be a Kansas City Chief for life. Yeah, I mean, and what, this is going to be only his third full season as an NFL quarterback? 
I mean, you want to talk about age. So first full season wins NFL MVP. Second season wins the Super Bowl. Uh, not much of a better start to your career. <laughs> uh, if, if you're Patrick Mahomes, you really can't do much more than he's already done in his first two seasons. Right now we need to talk NBA playoffs. How many teams could win the title? Jared, the agent, Nyland, give me an exact number and then explain to me who it is on the number of teams you think could win the title. Who is in your title bubble? All right, so I got I got seven teams total. Um, I got four in the West and I got three in the East. So we'll start in the West with the four teams. Uh, the, the top two I think is, is pretty obvious. It's the Lakers and the Clippers. They've been the two best teams in the league all season. Uh, Clippers have everyone back right now. Um, I, I think the Clippers are going to be really good in this playoffs. I mean, I think they're a lock to at least get to the Western Conference Finals, like, no matter what. Um, and the Lakers, the number one seed, I know they lost game one. I still believe in LeBron and AD. Um, LeBron can carry that team pretty far by himself. As long as AD picks up the play a little bit, that team's going to be a force. Um, and the last two, uh, the other two teams here in the Western Conference that I have, uh, the first one is Houston. I really did like what they did last night to OKC, as well as I think, you know, James Harden, if he just keeps playing well and doesn't have a 0 for 12 night, <laughs> you know, mixed in every once in a while, I think they're, you know, they're poised to make a run. Uh, hopefully for themselves, they get Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook back uh, sooner rather than later. And the other team, uh, I, they got outplayed a lot today by the Utah Jazz, but I, I, I like the Denver Nuggets. Um, and one of the main reasons I put Denver in there now is because I think they have an emerging star player that can take that team over the top, and that's Michael Porter Jr. The fact that they got Michael Porter Jr., JP, might save that team with Jokic, Gary Harris, and, and some other players, that that might just keep that team together for a long time because he's been really good, and I think he's an emerging star in the NBA. Going to the Eastern Conference, JP, I got three teams over here. Uh, the first one's the one seed. It's the Milwaukee Bucks. Um, Giannis hasn't quite done it yet in the playoffs, but I you got to consider them a title contender. Uh, basically, really, no matter what, as of right now, uh, the next team is the Toronto Raptors. JP, that I I like what they're doing up in Toronto, man. I going into the season, you lose Kawhi, you have no expectations, and they're playing really, really good basketball. And I think right now, I would pick them to beat the Bucks in a seven game series. I really think I would make that decision to go with the Raptors, and then the third team. They lost Gordon Hayward the other night, but I, I still like Boston. I think they got enough pieces. Um, if Tatum can just keep emerging and keep getting better game by game and be that main star player, he's got enough pieces around them where if they get hot this year, I think they could make a run. I think Boston's more poised for another one to three years down the road. But like I said, if Tatum keeps emerging as a star player as well as those other guys get hot here and there, and I think they can make a run as well. Okay, so you picked seven teams. I think that's a lot, um, mainly because I think there's a lot of teams who are just going to get bounced as soon as they face one team. A uh, couple questions I had for you. Um, 
do you think home field or home court advantage means anything different on why the Lakers and Bucks have not been able to start off great at the beginning of their series? If they were at home, would they have won those games? Um, I, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say no because especially for the Bucks, I'm gonna say no because the Magic came out fast and they got an early lead and they would have had that stadium pretty quiet I think um the Lakers I think is a a little bit more of an argument because they were in the game you know mostly the entire time but I maybe the Lakers games I'm gonna say no on the Bucks and maybe on the Lakers I don't I don't think in the NBA home court advantage is really that big of a deal uh compared to other sports so I'm gonna go with a no and a maybe Okay, um, I like your answers. Um, I just think there's a lot of teams that either don't have enough or have weaknesses. You know, the Michael Porter Jr. thing is great, and I love it. Um, Jamal Murray and Nikola Lokic are great players. But the problem that I saw with Denver, which was very much ousted today, is they get cold, and they're cold, and they don't hit shots. And, you know, Jamal Murray can be one of the best shooters in the league when he's hot. He's When he's not hot, he's not doing great. So uh, I had to eliminate Denver. I'm going to eliminate the Lakers, um, you know, James, Anthony Davis, all that's great. I would be completely shocked if the Los Angeles Lakers make it to the finals. I don't see that happening. I think they're – look, your supporting cast is nothing. I mean, I was worried about the Los Angeles Lakers when Jared Dudley was putting up contested threes in the bubble in a tied game. Like, that should already make it seem like you're worried about everything. So I don't think the Lakers are going to make it. And I have three teams who I think could win the title. Clippers, Bucks, Raptors. That's it. I wow. think all the other teams, you know, they have positives, they have negatives. I don't think they're bad teams. But the only teams who will win the title this year, Clippers, Bucks, Raptors. You see what Paul George and Kawhi Leonard are able to do on a team together. And the Clippers just have an amazing team. There's not a lot of players on that team who aren't ready to play when they start. And they have such a great bench. I, I think, you know, when Kawhi and Paul George come off the court, I really don't think the team is just completely non-inefficient, Jared. I think they have somewhat of a bench. And that's the way I feel about the Raptors. Um, you have a team that has found ways to replace Kawhi Leonard, and that's really hard to do. And with the Milwaukee Bucks, I think their defense is going to play much better, and I think they are going to play so much better than what happened with the Orlando Magic in Game 1. Other than that, I got I got nothing for you, man. I got three teams. So you're, you're telling me you don't see any way to make the Lakers a contender where if they go into a seven-game series in the Western Conference Finals against the Clippers, you're telling me they're, just, just, they're not winning. That's what you're saying. Nope. I think the only team to come out of the West this year is the Los Angeles Clippers. I think they are overpowering the best team in that conference, and I think they are way better than the Lakers. Truthfully, if the Lakers beat Portland, which I don't even know will happen for sure, I think Portland still could beat the Lakers. But let's be honest. They leave Portland. Who do they play next, in your mind? Uh, You're saying who the Lakers play? Yeah, you got Houston, OKC. Uh, I mean, they'll play Houston, probably. I think there's a chance Houston could beat them. So I mean, yeah, I, I, think, I think there's a chance. I'm just, I, I, I think it's a little crazy to go into a Clippers-Lakers series and not have any faith that the Lakers are going to win that series. That's all. 
I give the Lakers a 5% chance to make it to the final. That's it. I, oh, I think the Clippers are for sure the best team in the West. I think they're going to win the championship. I don't think there's any way the Los Angeles Clippers don't win the entire championship. Okay. So, I, I just I don't have the faith in the Lakers. Look, this bubble thing really lost me that a team who's number one with LeBron James and Anthony Davis was worse in some of the offensive uh, statistics. And, I mean, I, I think the going joke or thing to say is they won't be as bad as they were um, in yesterday's game. But, you know, you, you made five threes, you shot 31, okay? You were unable to score more than 15 points from the three-point line. That team is not going to go far, and I think that you're going to see that weaknesses continue. Are you are you just shocked or what? Like yeah, to- I'm just I'm just I I don't know, man. I I think there's something to say where you have you know the, the bubble was definitely interesting for the Lakers, but. They only had to win one game to lock up the one seed. They won the, that game, and I just don't think they've tried or cared, and maybe that carried over into game one, but that's why I think they just bounce back and take the next four against Portland. I just I think it's a little crazy, the fact that you don't think they have a – that they don't have a, a chance against the Clippers, really. Talk about the most exciting first-round matchups for the NBA. The most exciting matchups – I. Heck, go to the Jazz Nuggets series. Um, I have Denver as one of my teams to win it all, but um, you know, a championship contender. But the Jazz can give them something, and I think the Jazz are a good team. I think the Nuggets just end up overpowering them. Um, you know, at, at the end of the day, I know they got smoked today by the Jazz, but that series I think is going to be fun to watch. I think it's going to go seven games. It's just going to be back and forth, back and forth between those teams. Um, so I think I, I am excited to watch that series develop, and I think it's going to be a really good Game 7 because I do think that's where we're going to end up. Um, another one is the Mavs-Clippers series. I think the Mavs can give the Clippers a little bit of a run for their money. I think the Mavs kind of got screwed with the Porzingis ejection in Game 1, and they were leading that game at that point, and that really shifted some things. For, for the Mavs. Um, I still think the Clippers come out victorious, but I think it's just it, it's a good series. I, I think the Mavs are a good team, and that's another team. Give them one to three years, and they're going to be really good in this league. And then the last uh, first-round matchup, I got one more, is just it's Lakers versus Portland. Even though I think the Lakers come back and win the next four, if Portland makes it a series, it's going to be interesting to watch it develop as it goes on, and the storyline's only going to get better the more games played in that series. Yeah, I mean, I, I think there's two that come to mind right away for me when it comes to most exciting to watch, you know, Indiana-Miami. I uh, I don't know how this is like a snooze fest or people think Miami's just going to destroy them. I love the battle of T.J. Warren, Jimmy Butler. I think it's great. I love watching the young Miami Heat. Look, if you're looking for a bias of who I'd like to see win, I'd like to see Miami win because they are beating teams with a bunch of rookies or young players or people who – Nobody wanted in this league. So I love Miami, Indiana. Um, the other series is for sure Utah, Denver. That series is awesome. I don't know how that series doesn't go seven. <laughs> That's what Donovan, I'm saying. Donovan Mitchell, I will say right here, maybe the most underrated player in this league. Oh, another. 
another Nolan. piston. What do you think he's not great? What like what? Is no, he? I'm just I, I'm thinking of what the the Pistons could look like. Shy Donovan oh. Mitchell, just sad man. <laughs> it's a it's a sad Detroit Pistons uh, thing for you. But uh, <laughs> no, I mean I think Utah and Denver and Miami and Indiana are the two most exciting series, and I'm excited to keep watching them. I'm excited that. By the time next week, I think that Denver Utah is still going to be going on, man, and we're going to have to talk about who's going to win in a game seven scenario. Yeah, I like like I said, I don't think there's you can't give me a reason not to think that that game's not going to go seven. Like I just don't see it. Like Denver's going, like you said, they're going to shoot hot one game and destroy Utah. There's going to be a game like today where Utah is really hot and Denver's cold and they smoke Denver. Like it's like. There's just going to be no consistency. I could see that game going like, or that series, sorry, going Denver, Utah, Denver, Utah, Denver, Utah, Denver to win game seven. And and they move on just because they won the first game, basically. And it just keeps flip-flopping back and forth after that. Most exciting players you have circled that you are trying to watch on your television every time they're on? Um, I, I think, uh, I mean, Damian Lillard's up there just with what he's done. Uh, you have Luka Doncic, who I think has been really good, drops 42 points and said he played terrible, which, I mean, he had the 11 turnovers, so I get where he's coming from, but he still dropped 42. Um, so I think those two players are very interesting. Um, another one is, I think another one is Melo, interestingly enough, like, he played pretty well for the for the Blazers last night, and if Melo can just be even a shadow of his old self, I think that helps the Blazers a ton. Um, and then the last one, I'm going to go with Paul George. I'm interested to see what he can do in a really deep playoff run for the Clippers. I mean, I think the whole world owes Carmelo Anthony an apology, right? We counted him out, and I counted him out. I will admit it, but he clearly wasn't done. So, who else owes a mellow an apology? Because I do. I know I do. I, I I probably do too. I I was. I've always wondered why Portland even signed him. <laughs> he looked done, and now he looks like a guy who may help the Portland Trailblazers beat the Lakers. He might. He just might. When it comes to most exciting players in this league right now, I don't know how you don't look at Luka Doncic and go, I got to watch him play basketball. He is one of the best guys at creating offense for his team. He's the best, best young point guard in the league. And I got news for people. Once he gets better at three-point shooting, he will be the best player in this league. He will be the absolute best player in the entire league once he becomes better at three-point shooting. I don't think there's any way to deny that. Yeah, no, I agree with you. That's that's his one weakness right now is his three point shooting, um, and really his shooting overall is his is his weak spot. If he can improve that, I mean, there's no there's no ceiling for Luca. There really isn't. And I think if you're doing, let's say you're resetting the NBA right now, and the, the number one pick is probably Giannis. Number two, I think you go Luca. I don't know who else you would want over him right now. I don't have a problem with you uh, saying that. I mean, he looks amazing, and he's clearly the guy that everyone needs and everyone wants. So I'm all with you, man. I think Luca's up there. Another exciting player I want to give some love to that I don't think is going to get mentioned as much as he should is, you know, I, I got to watch more Karis LeVert. He clearly has helped the Nets 
from being just a dead basketball team with no chance of winning. You know, yes, you know, the Raptors are going to win that series, and they could sweep them, and Nets are down 2-0. But Levert has been able to show some really good shines of being a good NBA player in this league. And I think Levert has, you know, a chance when partnered up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving in the future. You add Karis Levert, you have a team that's going to be really magical in this league. Yeah, I, I I agree with you. That that team's just gonna be fun to watch next year, man. It it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, and it's gonna be a ton of fun watching that team play and play together. Uh, we now move to the NHL with similar questions. How many teams could win the title? Look, I think Tampa's definitely one of the teams who could win the title. Okay, right. but I don't think there's gonna be any sense of upset whatsoever. It's Vegas, Colorado, Philadelphia, or you have Tampa. Okay, other than that. I don't think St. Louis has a chance. I don't think Vancouver has a chance. I don't think Dallas has a chance. I don't think Calgary has a chance. Okay? I think this is what you have. When you get more serious, it's Colorado or Philly. Those are the two teams who are going to hoist the Stanley Cup this year. Um, You know what? I It's tough to say, I think, in the NHL because anything can happen. But you mentioned teams that just aren't going to win. And guess what? You, you left out. Two teams that I have on my list that are going to win. So you said, like, you kind of you set me up perfectly here because I have the Lightning, I have the Flyers, I have the Avs, and I have the Golden Knights. The other two teams, one just lost their starting goaltender like we talked about in Tuka Rask, but I think the Bruins have a great chance of winning the Cup this year. Halleck's a really good goaltender. He's stepped up big so far. They haven't lost a game since Tuka Rask opted out. So I don't think there's really any slowing down of the Bruins after uh, Rask opting out. The other team, it's the Islanders, man. I, I like what they have going on in that Islanders organization right now. I didn't think they had a chance to come out and beat the Capitals, and they've actually really dominated them. And I, like I said, I have them as I love the Islanders tomorrow night against the Caps and to close out that series. I would say the Islanders probably have the worst chance of my six teams, but I'm going to include them on there, and if they just keep playing good hockey, I think they could make a run. If I have to make you pick one team right now, who's the NHL champion? One team? Yes, I have, I have Colorado. I think Colorado's for sure the champion. Look, if we can make this a, a jersey bet, and you will buy me a Nathan McKinnon jersey as soon as he wins the cup. So who? what jersey am I buying you in this fun jersey bet now? Um, you know what? Buy me a Halleck Bruins jersey. I want a Halleck Bruins jersey. I'm going to put myself on the line. He's going to come in. A little Nick Foles-esque here, but in the hockey version, I'll take the Bruins. I, I really did. That team is so strong. I was looking at, at their at their stat lines earlier today and just looking at how they play, man. They're just so well-rounded. Like, it's insane how many guys get points for them. They, it just doesn't stop. The list of points for that team just doesn't stop. And I know they're a little bit older than you know some of the teams like the Flyers and the Islanders and, and even the Golden Knights and the Avs especially too. But I just think that experience might kick in. And that just that weird factor of the new goalie coming in, he's looking really good right now. Give me the Bruins and you will be buying me a Halleck jersey. Okay, so I get McKinnon if Colorado wins the Cup. You get Halleck if the Bruins win the Cup. Yep. If neither of them wins the Cup, then looks like none of us are getting any jersey. Correct. 
Fair enough. Uh, I like jersey shirts. I'm a large. So, I mean, Colorado's winning the cup. I'm saying it right now. I'm screaming it to the rooftops. I don't care what people have to say because now I'm so (laughs) confident on it. And when I get confident on it, what usually happens, Jared? Oh, it it goes the other way. Like I said, I I like the Avs pick, but... They really haven't been in a position with this with this group of guys yet. Um, it's going to be unknown territory for them, and I think they're going to get a little bit of a punch in the mouth when they play a better opponent than the Coyotes. Yeah, I'm really, really thinking that that's true, but I don't see them losing a series. They'll lose some games. I don't think they're going to sweep anyone for the rest of the playoffs, but you know, I've got Colorado. When it continues with our NHL coverage here on 12 Out Sports Zingo TV, channel 761, it's James A. Paxson with James and the agent. That is Jared, the agent, Nylon. Circle me your favorite NHL player you've watched this playoffs. Uh, I go back to, I we started the show with him, Braden Point, man. He's been incredible for the Lightning. He's just, he's just finding the back of the net. He's finding open players on the ice. He's just got really good movement up and down the ice, I think. And I think he's kind of that X factor for the Lightning where you just you didn't really think Braden Point would be the guy. You're thinking Kucherov, Stamkos. I know Stamkos is out right now. But, I mean, I think Braden Point has just been incredible so far, and I think he's going to keep carrying that team. Yeah, Tampa's weird. I, uh, I got no problem with the Braden Point thing. He's clearly an amazing player. Uh, no Stamkos, and that team's still rolling. Does that shock you at all? Um, A little bit, but look, I mean, Braden Point stepped up and has kind of just taken the role of Stamkos. I mean, really, if you think about it, he's been a better player this postseason than Stamkos has been in any postseason. So really, in a way, you're getting a better you're getting better performances out of Braden Point right now than you have been getting out of Stamkos the last couple of years. Yeah, that's interesting. You know, you're uh, so confident on Boston. So you think if Boston and Tampa meet up, you think Boston's going to beat them? No problem? Uh, I'll take Boston. Uh, and the, the main reason is the second uh, player I have circled, I go back to my to my main man, Halleck. I I just, I didn't like, I, I, I didn't like the, the hatred he got when Tuka Rask opted out. It was like Tuka Rask opted out and the whole league and Twitter, Facebook, all of social media, just Boston's done. Boston's done. You, and then you go look at the stats. Their backup goaltender has a 9-12 save percentage in the regular season this year. How are you not feeling confident with him? Like, I just I, I just find this story kind of interesting because everyone was like, oh, Boston screwed. Boston doesn't have a chance. They're going to get swept the rest of this series. And he's come in and he's played really good. And I just I find it fun watching him. You know, it's funny. You brought up a goalie. So my favorite player I've watched all playoffs right now is Carter Hart. Dude had two shutouts, young guy, in a row against the Canadians. He's playing Montreal right now, down one nothing. But, man, he is such an elusive goaltender. Like, if you're on the other side of the net and you think you got a chance, I don't think so. Carter Hart has been my favorite guy to watch. He's an up-and-comer, I think, and one of the best hockey goalies in the NHL, Jared. Yeah, I'd have to agree. And overall, that Flyers team, man, they've been they've been something, this, this, uh, this bubble. Um, not exactly the postseason. I mean, they've been good in the postseason so far, leading the Canadians in that series so far. But their bubble play, the play-in round-robin games, was incredible. Getting the one seed, um, I think they're going to pretty easily take care of, of the uh, Canadians. And, yeah, I have to agree with you. His play's been good, but just overall the Flyers' play has been really good.